0: to episode 29 of School Improvement. This is Mark Westerberg. Today's issue we're going to talk about is the use of paraprofessionals in the secondary schools. How do we use them efficiently and effectively and what's happened over the last two or three years in trying to get those folks to come and work at school. Almost every business in America is faced now with employment issues how to find people how to retain people and how to pay for them with benefits that's a huge issue for districts because we still only employ them for about 180 days a year and usually less than seven hours a day so it's not a full-time job and it's hard to give benefits in those situations the districts that do are spending a lot of money trying to make that happen. The old days it used to be parents who wanted some time with their kids and work while their kids were at school. Unfortunately, that's kind of gone by the wayside because both parents need to work full-time to meet up with inflation and just trying to get ahead. If you're like my district you're in the $15 an hour minimum wage starting and you're competing with other locals. A para can go to McDonald's and make that much or more full-time with benefits. So we're in a very competitive market compared to what we ever used to be. It used to be we were able to get paraprofessionals to come and work with our kids on a regular basis and we even had enough to have subs. If you're like my district, We don't have subs. In fact, we don't even have enough to fill the para-positions we have. The issue with these para-pro positions are also the majority of them are mandated based on IEP needs and student needs that we can't just decide to do or not to do. They're not nice-to-dos. They're need-to-dos. And finding those people make it really difficult to provide the service. And of course, the flip side of that is there aren't exactly a lot of teachers out there in the market that we could hire in lieu of that. In my district, it's about three to four paras, depending on where they're at on the pay scale, that equal one teacher. So it's a three, most often a four to one ratio of paras to a teacher. One of the other issues we're experiencing with paraprofessionals is attendance it's really important that we find folks who are at school on a regular basis. When they're not, there's no sub list. And what generally happens is we're denying students services. So it's imperative to find folks who are gonna be there on a regular basis. And it's even more imperative nowadays to have a plan based on if a pair is gone, how you're gonna cover that absence. Literally, we have looked at all of our paras and made a decision. If this person's gone, this is what we do. If that one's gone, this is what we do. We've had to be able to do that to figure out how to get the best coverage out of what we have. Do we pay paras additionally for extra hours' worked? Yes, when it works out. Just like we pay teachers to subclasses occasionally on their prep, we're paying paras to sub during what would normally be their break time or extending their day. A unique approach that I've seen some districts do is to hire paraprofessionals during the school year and in the summer, use them to help do your summer clean. To be honest with you, it works very well for them because your maintenance and custodial people they want to take vacations when everybody else does in the summer. So it does work very well. Most maintenance operation directors at schools are juggling vacations of their support staff during the summer to try and accommodate still getting the buildings all redone and ready for September. The issue really comes down to if you do that, these paraprofessionals are going to qualify for insurance benefits. And there may be a difference in the rate of pay based on what position they're doing. But in small districts, it really makes a lot of sense to have your custodial maintenance staff be covered by paras who work in the classroom during the school year. And it's not something you mandate, it's something you offer. So if they want additional employment, they can do that some districts have targeted things like painting and used painting and created a painting crew with paraprofessionals others just fit in as if they were a custodial sub or a maintenance sub it really does work it's a good strategy to retain good people so they have year-round employment but again it's an additional cost but there's a cost-benefit with it that you also have to calculate in. The traditional model of paraprofessionals in the secondary building is they run all over the place every period. They're on the move, shuffling around to different classrooms. And so we have paraprofessionals sitting in geometry one hour and ninth grade English the next hour. They travel around and service students in these classrooms, these core classes, where they're needed for help. So the student's IEP says that they have access to a paraprofessional during these core times. That model has been in place for a long time. Unfortunately, it takes too many people, it's not very efficient, and it doesn't use the limited staff we have very well. So we've looked at a whole different strategy to use with our paraprofessionals for next year. The strategy we're going to employ next year will be that we're going to take our very best paraprofessional who can do math and science with students. And that's a difficult find in a secondary building in a paraprofessional level to find a paraprofessional who can do Algebra too and can help with chemistry and physics but we have one of those folks and we found our best one and we're going to place him in a room all day long. The other professional we looked at, we looked at our group, who's the best at language arts and social studies and we're going to place them in a room all day long and instead of the students having help in the room the student who needs paraprofessional help will be sent out of the room to those classrooms based on if it's math and science, you're in room A. If you're language arts, social studies, you're in room B. That paraprofessional will also have another para with them, but students won't be receiving direct access in the core classroom. They'll go out of the room to receive service in those two rooms, which I think will allow us to put our best people in the best position and help students. The other pair of professionals we have in the building are going to be placed in special education teachers' classrooms. Not moving around, they're going to be in a classroom. So for example, we have a high-needs group of students with emotional issues. We're going to put a pair of professional in there all day who matches up with the teacher and who we believe handles that environment as well as any of them. Essentially we're taking the skills of the individual matching them up to our special ed teachers and using them in their room on a full-time basis. So in other words, a paraprofessional may be in a teacher's resource room and helping a group of students, but they're there all day. So the teacher and the para have a relationship and understand how to work issues out together. So what we're trying to do is kind of do a co-teaching mentality, but using a paraprofessional and a teacher and pairing them up. The rest of the students who need help through the core will be helped in those two classrooms where we put our paras who are math, science, language, arts, social studies. There are exceptions to the rule. If you have a child who needs a one-on-one para, obviously you can't do that. But in those cases, that's usually been a match-up that's been going on for a while. But the use of paraprofessionals is becoming a real issue, not only in my districts, but in most districts. One of the changes you'll need to make if you put this model into place would be that you're going to have to say that students have access to a paraprofessional, not that the paraprofessional will be in the room. In other words, a student won't have X number of minutes of paraprofessional coverage. They will have access to paraprofessionals when they're in a regular ed setting, but get special education help. So, it's just a change in their IEP, most parents will understand the need to put them in a better situation. When I talk to the paras we currently have they tell me that half of the time they're watching the teacher teach and not working with students. The other issue is for students it might be better for them to leave the room and go to the paraprofessional who they know is going to be able to help them and allow them some break time from the room without having to be addressed in front of the entire classroom. Clearly, this is going to be one of those things where we try and match up skills to where Paris fit the best and who has what academic skills, but also who has what kind of management skills. Clearly, this is an attempt to try and be more effective and more efficient, and is certainly something I would highly recommend trying. The two recommendations I would make to you if you try this model is to have a plan when people are absent. So if one of my important folks who are doing math and English is not there, who's going into that room and what is the rotation like? I think you really literally need to have a rotation if Mrs. Smith is gone, what does everybody else do? Mr. Jones is gone, what does everybody else do? You have to have a plan in place and figure that out. Who's going to be the most helpful in what situation? And finally, I would recommend if you use this model that you have the majority of your paras, especially the ones assigned to a special ed classroom, they should attend parent-teacher conferences because they're in the room all the time with the teacher as well. And I think it would be helpful for them to be part of that. I hope these suggestions were helpful to you. I know that the smaller the district you are, the more difficult these problems get. I hope that this gave you some ideas. And as usual, special education is not shrinking, it's growing, and our demands are growing. So thank you for listening to episode 29 of School Improvement. This is Mark Westerberg. I hope you're having a great end to your school year.